Friday, July 20th. Having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, it was just last month that the Supreme Court ruled in the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision that was Jack Phillips who did not want to create wedding cakes for same-sex weddings. It was made clear during the court hearing that Jack Phillips would service homosexual couples. He just didn't want to participate in same-sex weddings. Another case has arisen. Last October in Arizona, Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Karen Mullins ruled that a Phoenix ordinance did not violate two artists who do calligraphy. They could be compelled by the government to service same-sex weddings. Oddly, Judge Mullins acknowledged that the artist undoubtedly engaged in a form of speech, but still ruled against them since they did not engage in expressive speech. In other words, the government was defining the types of speech that could be compelled and what could not be compelled. The two women, Brianna Kosky and Joanna Duca, are two openly Christian women and owners of the Brush and Nib Studio. They have filed suit against the city of Phoenix, claiming its anti-discrimination ordinance violates their religious beliefs. Tom, recently I was in a town here in Alabama that was adopting that same, basically the same ordinance that gives civil rights to sexual behavior. Where in sexual desires and sexual behavior do you declare that's not a civil right? Once you've declared that the deviancy of same-sex sexuality has now been declared a civil right, where do you stop and on what basis would you stop? This will inevitably lead to a First Amendment clash. Here it is, inevitably coming up, in that they are now being charged with discrimination, not because they do not make their products available to the general public, whether you're homosexual, heterosexual, or non-sexual in your practice. All of their products are available. Anybody can buy them, but they were asking them to participate in their artistic ability and calligraphy directly in the products that would promote and facilitate the same-sex marriage by word and content. And they said, we cannot do that. And when it gets to the court, the court rules, yes, this is a matter of speech, but we believe that the First Amendment does not protect speech or not speak. The First Amendment only protects, quote, expressive speech. Here you see something that is taking place in terms of the First Amendment as we would look at this from a Christian world and life view. Here are two professing Christians who have a business together that they are attempting to do with Christian principles, and so rightly they make their product available to the general public. Very similar to Jack Phillips, who has a cake store, and he makes his cakes all available to everybody. They make their products that you can come in and buy available to everyone. But then, like Jack Phillips, they were asked to use their artistic ability, which has been ruled as a matter of speech. Ultimately, the commission had their hand slapped because of their animus toward his free speech and his free practice of religion. The two are inseparable. That's why they're both found in the six affirmations of the First Amendment. Well, now the calligraphers are in the same place. Here are our products. Anybody can get them. But now you ask us in the content of a calligraphy product to participate in a same-sex wedding, and we cannot and we will not. But now what this judge is doing has decided that the founding fathers did not mean the free practice of speech. 
they meant the free practice of expressive speech and that what you're doing is not expressive. First of all, with all due respect, that's a nonsensical statement. Any speech is expressive. But secondly, what you're seeing is exactly the way that the First Amendment is being attacked by the sexual revolution. Tom, can I just stop here before I go to that? I want to just again say to everyone who listens to Today in Perspective, you are not going to be able to hide whether you're calligraphers or cake bakers or whether you work as a salesperson. This sexual revolution takes no prisoners. You're not going to be able to hide. The churches are going to have to identify their sexual ethics and how they hold to it compassionately but with conviction. You're going to have to do it in the workplace. You're going to have to do it in your home. You're going to be faced in the school system. Everywhere, this sexual revolution, it is no more evident than a program that we should do that we're not going to do because we can't do it. And that right now is a internet advertising campaign by the Planned Parenthood Organization of New York. It has nothing to do with parenthood. They have come out with a slogan that I cannot repeat in terms of what their purpose is in Planned Parenthood. In the presentation, visually and verbally, they have made clear they have engaged in the promiscuity, the perversion, and deviancy, both in language and in objective. That's why they exist. The Planned Parenthood has made it very clear we exist to promote this sexual revolution of sexual anarchy, sexual deviancy, both verbally and visually. It also is just merely putting the exclamation point. This is an all-out assault on the culture in the promotion of pagan sexual promiscuity and perversion. Anarchy in the name of liberty and the removal of any ethical considerations and any ethical boundaries is incessant and insistent. As Matt Walsh said, this is a religion. As he dealt with the issue of abortion, this is an ism and therefore a religious movement by human secularism of embracing the neo-pagan world and life view. And so that's why it keeps coming back. And one of the tactics will be to disembowel the First Amendment. How? You will notice that in public language, in the media, and those who are promoting this revolution, you'll notice they don't talk about freedom of religion. They talk about freedom of worship. Well, freedom to worship is a subset of the First Amendment affirmation of the free practice of religion. The practice of religion is to have your life governed by the world and life view of what you believe religiously. That's what they understood. They understood the government did not give that right. The government was required to protect the free exercise or practice of religion. Russia has a statement in its constitution of freedom to worship. It does not allow the free practice of religion. And the same thing's true on freedom of speech. This isn't really mean freedom of speech. This is freedom of expressive speech. And by the way, the government will determine what kind of speech you are free to exercise. What you hope is that there is some sanity in the Arizona Supreme Court as this has been appealed to that status. But if that Supreme Court upholds this local judge, then what you will find is this should and rightly go to the Supreme Court 
and the Alliance of Defending Freedom. Again, I want to declare my gratefulness for their ethical and competent commitment to upholding the First Amendment. They are clearly defending those freedoms, as their name says, the Alliance of Defending Freedom, and they have made it clear that if the Arizona Supreme Court does not respond with a constitutionally appropriate ruling, they will appeal to the Supreme Court itself. Harry, while we get frustrated when we see these kind of things happening in Phoenix and Planned Parenthood of New York, are these organizations, these secular humanists, are they overplaying their hand? I don't think so. I think it's the typical, what we think is the overplaying of a hand is actually, if we can say this, then we will get that. If we claim this much and they reject that, what we'll actually get is not that, but we'll get some of what we want. And so I think that is why they constantly do this. For instance, this ad campaign by Planned Parenthood is so revolting, we can't even talk about it. But here's the constant refrain. If we can make the unthinkable thinkable, then once it becomes thinkable, it eventually can become acceptable. Once it's acceptable, then it becomes doable and declared normal. Harry, we are out of time for today and this week. We do appreciate your insights. As we close out, let me remind our listeners it's easy to subscribe to Today in Perspective on your smartphone or your tablet. Go to your iTunes icon, type in Today in Perspective with Harry Reader. Each and every weekday will automatically download a new edition of this podcast. Well, thanks for being with us this week. Have a wonderful weekend. Be sure to enjoy God's people and the worship of our Heavenly Father on Sunday. Then stop by again on Monday for a conversation and a biblical worldview application as we put the issues of today in perspective.